Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and with me today is frequent flyer return guest, Jonathan O. Roselion of the Make Stuff YouTube channel. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's always a joy to uh, to have you on the podcast. I really like your appreciation of, of pop culture and your ability to not only analyze it and appreciate it, but also to kind of be a little more you know transformative with it like we do on this show where you... You take the the passion and like the things you've distilled about this pop culture, and you can build something out of those blocks. Like it's really cool. You, there's a uh, multiple different skill sets involved in that, and you, I feel like you've you've nailed that that Venn diagram really well. If I ever need to pitch myself for like doing a Marvel book or some some sort of licensed property, I'm just going to take that sound clip and send it to. Him. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a great resume. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, be a reference <laughs> for you. <ya. laughs> But uh, we are here today to talk about Uncharted, which is a Naughty Dog video game series that started on the PS3 and uh, has moved on to the PS4. I'm sure it'll continue forever. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah, let's hope. Uh, it is an excellent series. My Myself, personally, I bought the first game. It was one of my first PlayStation 3 games. Um, nice. And then... By the time the second one came out, I had built up a lot of hype in my dorm rooms because by then I was in college. <laughs> and uh, we had probably 12 people sitting around just watching me play Uncharted 2 when it first came out. Because people were like, this is like a movie, but it's yeah. like so long. Like I have to go to class, but then they'll like come back and we'll still be playing it. And everyone was just going nuts about it. And then like the two or three weeks later, everyone had Uncharted 2 and we could all play it online. And it was like a nice. magical, you know, TV commercial for Sony. Like, <laughs> I was like, look what this Naughty Dog game. They're like, these are the people who made Crash Bandicoot? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's like Crash Bandicoot meets, uh, I don't know, Indiana Jones, but in a really clever, modern way with really good writing and really cool puzzles. And oh, it's so awesome. And I think it makes a great so theme good. park. But what is yeah. your story with Uncharted? How'd you... Uh, Dude... Yeah. Mine's a weird one because I am like <laughs> I'm the biggest Indiana Jones fan in the universe. I love Indiana Jones. From the second I heard about the first Uncharted, I was like, I need to play this game. But I did not. I was a an Xbox 360 kid mm. and not not a PS3 kid. And uh, and I never I never had a PS3. So I, I I played Uncharted 2. I'd see footage of it, and it looked amazing, but I'd never watched too much because I was like, I know I'm going to play this forever, and I want it to be <laughs> as pristine as possible. Uh, I actually went over to uh, a friend's house. They uh, One of his roommates had it, and I was like, I'm just going to play this for Uncharted 2. So I hadn't even played one. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to play this for a bit uh, and see how it is, if it's as awesome as I think it is. And I'm like, I'm going to play for like 10 minutes. It's fine. I got like three hours into it and (laughs) everyone was watching me play and was like totally cool with watching me play because it's so entertaining. Uh, But then that was like, that was, oh man, I used to go over there to watch like Game of Thrones, like first season episodes and stuff. So this is a long time ago. Uh, But then, so I didn't have the PS3. I never got PS3. I finally got a PS4, but it wasn't like backwards compatible yet. Mm -hmm. And I, I bought the PS4 for an ex-girlfriend and by the time they came out with the re-release we had broken up and she got the the PS4 oh, and like no. the divorce. <laughs> That's so, so sad. So I missed that window. And then finally last year uh for for Christmas uh Haley my wife and I we always like sort of figure out 
a big thing to get together for Christmas. So like the year before we had gotten a Switch and we didn't have any, we were still using the same Xbox 360 for all our like media and gaming and stuff. And so we were like, let's get a PS4. They had like the Spider-Man bundle. And I was like, you need to understand this. I'm, I'm usually like, buy whatever you want. Like, I like being surprised with gifts. You need to understand this. You have to get the Uncharted game. You need to get every <laughs> Uncharted game. This is all I care about in the world. I, at this point, I'd been waiting literally like nine years or longer. Yeah. That, 2007 was the first one. So wow. it was like 11 years yeah. that I'd been waiting to play this game. <laughs> and so it was like, it was the most Christmas morning feeling I had in years and years when we finally... Oh, that's magical. Yeah, when we finally got, I got to play, and I played through, I played through all four of them. Like I played through the re-release of the first three, played the fourth one, and the uh, it's called Lost Legacy. It's like sort of like a, a semi sequel slash spinoffy game, and I played through all of those. I think I was done before February. <laughs> With all these games, wow. like I just immersed myself in this world, like so, so many late nights, and and I just loved every second of it, and it just immediately became my favorite game series. So it was just this thing where it's just like star-crossed lovers for Aww. the longest time, right? And then finally, finally, I got I was reunited. And I'm so glad it worked out. No, it's so I'm I, I I loved it, and it's just like one of those things where it's like I I I want to live this now. Like I started doing like rock climbing and stuff. I was like that was my that was my New Year's resolution. I'm like I'm gonna start. I'm gonna be a rock climber by the end of the year. And so, and so like that's awesome. Anything to get closer to that. So yeah, it's it's I'm I'm a big old dork when it comes to Uncharted. I I, I love it. It's a, it's an awesome game and it's got kind of something for everyone. You know, I really appreciate like kind of the historical stuff and like the almost like escape room type situations. You know, there's a lot of moments where they get locked in a room and you have to solve a puzzle to get out. But then there's also, you know, guns and shooting and there's just something for everyone. Like the puzzles, the the scenery is really beautiful. There's some cool historical parts, some historical fiction and good guys and bad guys and it's it's just an awesome game series it's really cool if if there's anyone listening that hasn't played uncharted uh i'm inevitably gonna spoil some of it but uh but the i i will say going back to it uh the the first one age like felt like it didn't age perfectly it felt like a, in a more experimental for them figuring out what they wanted this to be uh and it was like a bit clunkier in the pacing and it was like it felt very just Okay, insert gunfight here, insert climbing puzzle here. <laughs> right, it switches modes on you. Yeah, it didn't really feel cohesive. And then when I got to that second game, which just perfect timing for this because it just had its uh, 10th anniversary. Wow. Uh, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, it is better than all the games that come out now. Like, it hasn't aged a second. But when I got to that second game, like, it is just like they flipped some switch. Like, they... they had some kind of revelation that they it, they got the pacing perfect like it, that game is so impossible to put down so i i highly recommend uh if you want to give it a shot the the series start with uh two because especially oh my gosh that first 15 minutes or whatever of climbing that train yeah and everything it's <laughs> iconic it's so great which may or may not be in my notes here for a, for a certain <laughs> segment of this park. I'm so excited to see this as a theme park too. And something that, that I really appreciate about theme parks is when we can make it so that the, the guest gets to kind of take 
a similar role to the main character in the story. With They don't have to be that character. They can be themselves, but in the same situation. And that works here, because a lot of the really fun parts of these games are not things that really Nathan Drake, the main character, attempted to get into. Like, he tends to fall into stuff, and bad guys just, like, show up out of nowhere, and it's a lot of reaction. You know, he's he's always planning ahead and solving his way out of problems, but I think that's something our part guests can do, too. We can just throw them into those situations, and it'll still make sense and feel like an Uncharted game where it's like, how the heck did we get here? Okay, we got to solve it to get our way out of here. Right. The game takes place all over the world in all kinds of different settings. Uh, it's in sort of modern day times or yeah, at least this uh, these two decades or something. So that's really the only restriction, I think. Like they, they kind of travel all over the world. There's parts in cities, there's parts out in the wilderness and everything in between, out in the open seas. So there's so many possibilities for where we could uh, set the park. This is my first pitch to you, and it's I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna two part it because here here are the two big things in my head that everything is sort of based around in my in my idea here. All right. Uh, and number one, I was I was hesitant to pick Uncharted at first because specifically because it's real world places, and I didn't necessarily want it to be like Epcot or something right. like I wanted. I like the fantasy sort of. Uh, aspect to it but then I realized that at the end of every Uncharted game they uh, end up at some sort of lost city yeah like some, some sort of mythical place and uh, so it's like El Dorado is the first the first game and then there's like Shangri-La or Shambhala in the second one uh, and then like the fourth game is uh was it Libertalia the uh, that's like the the pirate like safe haven uh, and then Aram of the Pillars was the uh, the third game with the like the city hidden in the desert, and I realized like that is absolutely perfect for like the the separate lands of this park and have it be sort of the Islands of Adventure style like different sections of it. That's an awesome idea because it would be hard to recreate all those cultures and all those you know architecture styles and things from the real world. So. Doing it in a you know mythological way is is more fun because you get to be more creative with what goes in there, but it fits fits the theme and doesn't have to just feel like you're traveling around the whole world. It doesn't have to be totally realistic because it's not real. You know, like this is just a a, a fictional mythological city that you know no a very few people in the world have ever seen anyway. So. Yeah, and then you run into less headaches with like you you want to be a per, or you want to be like accurate to the culture, which can, can can restrain the design, so we don't run into that. And also, it's just like there's you want at least in some parts like a sense of like dangers around every corner, and that feels sort of like a, a screw you to a different like like if if you're like oh come to the dangerous world of like South Africa or something, it's like whoa don't do that like that's not a good representation. Every tourism location on the planet we mattered us <laughs> for <laughs> implying that. Well, and that's that's like maybe one of the main uh, things that's that's problematic about the Uncharted series is if if you see a brown person, shoot them. <laughs> like it's right. a pretty pretty right. uh, blatantly uh, mm-hmm. the white people are good guys, and I don't know if it was intentional, but it definitely happened. So then the yeah. second game, they're like, uh, okay, no, these are these are non-European whites that are the bad guys. So if they have, you know, a Russian accent, shoot them. It's like, <laughs> man, they really simplified things here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can try to get away from that as well. I mean, there are there are some good, you know, good characters of color in the games, but I think that yeah, yeah. Uh, amping that up a little bit would be really good and, you know, representing as many people as we can. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I had this is the second part to my my overall. So I think I think you'll appreciate this one. There is a place that I've been to now that I was not at, and I was I was uh, scolded for not going to the last time I was on the podcast <laughs> uh, in in my home city of St. Louis, and it is uh, City, city Museum. Museum, yeah. Uh, which which uh, yeah, I hadn't been there until recently, and I have the I have the scars and aching bones <laughs> to prove it. Can you tell some stories? <laughs> I want to hear about this. Okay, I love that. So place. for those not in the know, uh, City Museum is is this massive like literally like 14 story playground uh in downtown St. Louis that is for all ages and it is made it's almost like a scrapyard playground where they have taken it's all rebar and like sheet metal and like old vehicles like they have planes that are suspended in the air held up by like like just all these pipes bent around it and stuff like that they have a school bus that's like it looks like it's teetering off the edge of the roof and they have like a Ferris wheel on the top. And it is all this, it feels like a recycled, like massive endless playground. And there are so many little secrets and hidden places to it. And it, they sell knee pads there. It like it beats you <laughs> up. And there are so many parts where it's just like, it's so, it's so stressful to try to, uh, to get through it. There's a part where, uh, I went through, uh, it's like you go in through the side of a plane through this like tube that is again just like wound rebar with like a good three two or three inches like between each one like where you're 30 feet above the ground yeah uh and and then I, i you go into this plane through like the the actual door and you crawl through the back but the floor of it is again like the like it has these massive holes in it and i was crawling and i i had the choice of like going head first and like just dragging myself along these bars uh or going like feet first and i went with that and i could like scooch my way through but the problem with that is that i'm wearing shorts and i have like my phone and my car keys and all this stuff uh just in my loose in my pockets and my wallet and everything and i realized like if if anything like even change or anything like i suddenly became so hyper aware of like just looking down and being like oh there's literally nothing between my pocket and the cement like 30 feet below right Right. now (laughs) and just this this sudden terror for all of my belongings and then i have like you know a line of like six little kids just waiting for the old guy to get through this thing (laughs) and i'm just like so slowly scooching and terrified and like and also at that moment it hit me like oh yeah I'm in an old plane suspended 30 feet above the ground. And it's like, but it's, it really is that feeling of being in an uncharted game or something where you're climbing all these different things. There's a part where it's just like, here's, here's a like steep incline and a rope and don't fall because you'll definitely hurt yourself. <laughs> like, it's it's absurd. It shouldn't... It really shouldn't exist, but I'm so happy it exists. I'm so surprised. It does not feel like a modern, you know, American place to play. <laughs> yeah. It, it it just, like, it, it really feels like <clears throat> someone's, like, just gone into a scrapyard and just took all the stuff they could and made, like, 
in a, a ninja warrior like yeah. track out of it or something and it's and it and I love it for that it's it's absurd but you really do you get these sort of very Indiana Jones very Nathan Drake moments <laughs> of of like this thing that it feels terrifying because it actually is like dangerous right <laughs> and and I have no idea how how it is allowed to exist but I absolutely love it it's so much more magical than any other you know like what maybe children's museum or playground could ever be mm-hmm. yeah because of that i think it, it feels real yeah it it feels like it respects you enough to th- to know that you're you won't go out of your way to hurt yourself yeah uh but that amount of like respect and like i'm i'm sincerely surprised they don't make everyone sign a waiver right going into it that would not be hard to do it wouldn't take away from the experience but it sure would protect them from some risk but yeah it's a, a thing I'm, I'm hugely passionate about but i it again it's not super popular with the modern america but there is this concept you might i don't know if i've talked about it on the podcast or not but it's called adventure playgrounds and it is where they they found that basically kids with regular, you know, modern playground equipment where everything's rubber and soft and gentle, if you mm-hmm. want to have fun and feel a little bit of thrill and feel alive as, you know, uh-huh. an eight-year-old kid, you're just going <laughs> to climb up on top of the highest point and jump off. Like, yeah, what yeah. kind of behaviors are you teaching with this where it's like everything's <laughs> safe, you can't hurt yourself. If you want to, you know, feel a rush and feel like you're not a baby, you have to like break right. the rules and climb the fences and climb up the the slides and... Instead of that, what they do in these adventure playgrounds, which are more popular in Europe than they are here, is they'll just have a field with like a bunch of hammers and nails and two by fours and screws (laughs) and rocks and stuff and bricks. And they're like, hey, that's a brick. (laughs) If you throw that at your friend, he will go to the hospital. So don't throw that brick. But every little thing you do, if you stick together, you know, two pieces of two by four, you feel like you've had an amazing day and that was so much fun. It's like, this is like Minecraft in real life. Um, (laughs) But, you know, part of the fun of Minecraft is that there's a risk out there. There's bad guys coming at night. If it was just creative mode on Minecraft, like it's a a lot less stimulating. So I don't know. It's it's probably not going to ever take off in America, but I really like the idea of, you know, raising your kids like that or living your life like that, where it's like a little bit of risk and a little bit of freedom of exploration is a lot more rewarding than just like hitting your head against a padded wall. Like everything is so baby proof that you can't have any fun or really, you know, learn from your mistakes at all. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's such an integral part of growing up. Like I can't imagine because I'm just old enough to wear like, you know, I mean, I I feel like it's kids of any age, but like the, I went to some janky playgrounds <laughs> as a as a kid that were like legit like just safety hazards. But it's just like that's how you learn what safety hazards are. Like none of it was really ever enough to like permanently injure you or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like these sort of fun, adventurous learning experiences where it felt like there are stakes. And uh and yeah, I love that I love that idea of just uh actually giving them the freedom. But it, it just yeah, it sucks that we are we do live in the country where someone sued McDonald's because they spilled McDonald's coffee on their lap. Right. <laughs> like And those protections can be a beautiful thing, but it's more fun to just give every, make everyone sign a waiver when they walk in and then you can really give them a show. <laughs> yeah. So that's what, so this is, this is my, my concept of this is like four lands around this mass of like sort of jungly, like climbing areas and puzzles and like all these different hidden things. 
and have those certain like uh like the train car dangling off the cliff sort of thing like where you can climb up through that and it's like if you if you don't want to do all that intensive stuff you can do the long way of walking around the outside of the park but for the people who like want to get from point a to point b faster or want to go the adventurous route where they feel like they're discovering like this this new land uh after like their journey their arduous journey to get there then you know it could be like you have to zip line to it or you have to climb this this crazy rock wall or you have to like go through these dark tunnels and stuff like that and just have it feel like that just the center of the park just turned into city museum (laughs) pretty much i love that so much that's a great idea that one of my like main uh you know contributions initially here i think is because in the games it's it's not just nathan drake you know then he wouldn't have anyone to talk to which is a lot of where the humor comes from so there's almost always someone who is trapped on the other side of the wall someone who is like staying behind to watch the jeep someone who needs your help you have to go monkey around and do all this kind of parkour type stuff to to get to a point where we can unlock that gate from the other side or whatever i think it'd be cool to have sort of different roles or different ways of of you know solving a puzzle so if you have a group that's just two grandparents and two little kids who can't don't have the strength to climb up that train or whatever I think it'd be cool if like every puzzle you can solve through parkour, basically just climbing up and over the wall or solve it through a puzzle or maybe solve it through like a shooting gallery type thing. So you can kind of choose, you know, which craft you're really interested in. Or, you know, if you're if you're someone who uses a wheelchair or something, you can absolutely solve every puzzle in the whole park. Um, Even if you you can't climb up a train, you can still solve the puzzle and use your brain or use your shooting abilities to get through another path to the same destination. I think that freedom is really cool to have there. And because I personally would probably just want to parkour over every single thing while my wife would rather just kind of stand there and and hold the purses or whatever. Um, And then I'll unlock the gate from the other side and she can do some puzzle stuff like, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Yeah. You can even do stuff like if uh, for certain groups, uh, you ever play keep talking and nobody explodes or something like that. I haven't played it, but I've watched it streamed. Pretty much one person is looking at the bomb in the game, and everyone else is looking at a printed out uh, packet that has all the ways to defuse the bomb, like the the flow charts of like if this wire is this color and it's in this position, then you cut this certain wire. And it's all about communicating with the person who can see the bomb uh, to figure out how like how to defuse the bomb with them. And we could totally incorporate something like that, yeah. like two people on either side of a gate and stuff like that. It sounds super fun. Because that does happen in the game a lot. Like, um, you know, there's some trap door once you go in here where you get cut off from the other party or there's a cave in. There's so many, like, right. you know, within the world reasons to get separated from your party. Right. And then there's a lot of those, like, uh, both both pull the same lever at the same time yeah. sort of thing. Right. Yeah. You have to be over there to stand on the switch so that this gate will open so I can get the treasure out. And then I stand on this switch so you can get in here or whatever. The game is, is filled with those kind of really fun multiplayer type of experiences where it requires multiple people. So just replicating that exactly would be would be super fun. Man. I'm already so excited about this theme park, and we haven't even really designed it yet. Yeah. But just the whole concept of an Uncharted theme park, like, forget about it. It's it's the coolest thing of all time. <laughs> oh, um, I've got a question. Mm-hmm. How should we frame this? Like, within the, the game story, there's the, the initial game is Elena's uh, TV show she's filming a tv show and so that has funded their expedition in some of the storylines um like victor sullivan for example tends to always be in debt because of 
kind of business deals gone wrong or expeditions they thought were going to pay off end up not paying off because somehow they always lose the treasure at the end. Um, but I'm wondering mm-hmm. what, what do you think we should use as the framing device? Like, are you here to learn about adventure? Are you working for a salvage company, like at the end of the, the fourth game? Um, or are you filming a TV show and like one of your party members has a camera or whatever? What What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I I really like the so this is something that it'll get into sort of like the overall like secondary goal of the park. So like at, one of my favorite things that I've ever done is at the the Harry Potter theme park. It, like if you get the wand and you get the map of where all the magical spots to use the wand to activate the different things, like that just unlocks this whole other level to the park that isn't necessary to it. But just in terms of immersion, uh, it, it adds so much to it. And I would love for there to be like this secondary thing, which I know they're doing a lot of stuff with like wristbands mm-hmm. and stuff like that at Disney World now. And so we could potentially do something like that. Well, first of all, I was thinking what would make a cool entrance to kind of like ease you into this world. And uh, especially at like the beginning of Uncharted 3, there's the whole like back alleys of London kind of thing. Uh, and so I think that would be kind of like a cool entry point into the park of like, you're going into this, the back alleys of London and like, you can sort of get your mission there. And let's say it's like, oh, we just got word from Nathan Drake that he's found this thing, but like he needs help and you need to, you need to go do this stuff to help out Nathan Drake, find these, let's say, I mean, it could even be like, if you have a wristband, it could be like, you're finding these like these jewels or whatever and like it lights up another jewel on your wristband or something like they're appearing there every time you find someone something throughout the park uh but uh so i love because in my mind the the greatest because you gotta figure out how to incorporate nathan drake into this yeah uh one of the things i love the most of the the ideas that i came up with was uh just the idea of like let's say it's always like off the beaten path or something where like in that main that center area the the city museum area mm-hmm. where you can find like a hidden a hidden cave that like or some kind of like uh unmarked thing that like has some kind of puzzle in it or if you can figure that out then you've discovered one of the gems uh and then once you have all the gems uh then let's say there's some sort of peak point it could be a tower or something at the center of like the whole park and you go to that and like unlock the the ancient door with your with your bracelet uh and then you meet the the guy playing Nathan Drake uh and like he gives you he has his uh his Sir Francis Drake ring i was thinking some sort of relic could serve the purpose of that band which i know they already have by this point but maybe we could make it more thematic or or before this point they are collecting something like maybe the the band isn't activated quite yet and then once he hands you you know this little trinket whatever it is even if it's a you know a doubloon or something maybe they could be different for each person in the party it just activates your band and that's the real secret you know that's the actual technology that lets you progress but once he hands you this token it's like the world you know opens up around you he could also just kind of give you some more training or or set you loose on the world you know um because before that it could be a a more linear type of thing of here's how things work here here's where the lines are you know you're not allowed to punch people but maybe you're allowed to shoot people (laughs) you know it's gonna be a little bit weird um it's you know it's cool to look at things it's cool to play on the equipment but 
uh, when mm. it comes to fighting someone, just shoot them. Don't punch them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little weird. Raising those kids right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm saying that no. because the guns would not be real, but the fists are real. <laughs> <laughs> the fists are very real. It's hard to deactivate the human fist. <laughs> Yet, if we so get far, the technology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I like that. I like that idea. Oh, and another thing just related to that that I liked because I I really like the idea of this being sort of a sandbox, like where there isn't necessarily a set path. Like like once you're thrown into that middle area or something, it really is just go and discover because I love that. In the Lost Legacy, the, the spinoff game, they did this really cool section where it was just you have a car and... And there are all these different points that you can go, like, all these different sort of tombs and areas that you can go just discover. And that was the first time, really, in one of these games where it became, like, non-linear, where you can kind of just go anywhere. And it felt like that it had finally reached, like, this peak level of Indiana Jones-ness where you're actually out there, like, discovering stuff. Uh, and so I like the I like the idea of it being just sort of this sandbox of discover these, these different puzzles and stuff for yourself uh but one idea i had assuming like we could totally easily have like a a bazaar or something some kind of market in one of these places and there could be like um like a guy who like that like is like hey over here and like gives you like a cloth map that shows the different locations of like the different the main puzzles or something and like make it be like a more organic thing that like helps you on your your task but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of rad stuff we could do with that right i i think i like that idea of kind of being able to get the same information multiple ways you know like if you're if you're a very parkour heavy type player you might just find this treasure up you know hidden on top of a building somewhere but you could also uncover that like maybe you're in one of those escape room type situations and there's one extra clue that you didn't end up using yet and it it contributes to a larger clue where it's going to be used elsewhere which normally in real life escape rooms in my experience if they're going to throw in an extra clue you don't need yet it's just one more number it's like okay i need a four digit number and i have five digits okay that extra number is going to be used somewhere else like it's not very inspired but if it's like hey uh you know i've been solving this like ancient spanish uh, puzzle and then this has some sort of you know asian looking writing on it maybe this is from a different culture it's something else oh. i need to learn about this later on like It'd be kind of cool to leave breadcrumbs within puzzles for other puzzles. Yeah, no, I like that. Because I was thinking, like, especially if we did the the bracelet thing where it's, like, let's say a different, like, jewel or something lights up on it every time you figure out one of these puzzles, that would be really cool to have sort of, like, something, even, like, you know, those also have, like, there's apps on your phones uh, or whatever, like, something that... uh will yeah sort of hint at where another puzzle might be like a sort of scavenger hunt thing or you can just wander around aimlessly and enjoy everything and find like stumble into puzzles which sounds equally awesome right that's really cool another thing we could use with uh with technology where it doesn't have to go quite to the level of a smartphone app actually there's two things here one is you could just have a walkie-talkie where some park employee who sounds a lot like any named character from the series can be there sort of as your guide or, you know, maybe they're the ones who sold you the information for this quest that you're on. So they give you some clues or say, Hey, um, I, I heard that you should be looking out for this thing or, or whatever. If you, 
if you're stuck on a puzzle, they can maybe contribute some help. And maybe they'll say like, well, you know, check in your notebook. Or they just play that like notebook sound effect that's within the games. Right, of like, right. hey, check your notebook. Um, because maybe each player could have a notebook with them, whether this is high tech or low tech. I don't right. really care. It doesn't really matter. But it'd be really cool to have the notebook. Like that's the, the main relic from the game that I would personally want. Isn't any of the gold. It's the notebook with all the cool little <laughs> sketches in it. All oh, the little solutions rad. to puzzles and, you know, stuff in other languages. And those are such cool relics, especially if they weren't just, you know, factory printed identically. Like if yours had slightly different stuff in it than your parties, And like, you know, you bought yours from the guy at the bazaar, whereas this one we found in the sewer somewhere. So it's like written in a right. different language and the clues are, you know, different. <laughs> like uh, there's so much potential right there. Dude, and even if we have that sort of quest giver at the beginning, like in, in London, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, like assuming like, you know, you could have different groups come in and it'd be like, uh, like, you know, Nathan sent this back to help you figure out some of the puzzles and have those different notebooks that like that give different clues to different sections. Again, just having that sort of like and that adds to just coming back to the park and uh and having discovering new things every time, mm-hmm. not having all the same clues and stuff is is such a just such a cool thing to me. Totally uh, true. So that would be that'd be so rad. And that gives me major uh Indiana Jones uh, Last Crusade vibes of like the the Holy Grail notebook of giving you giving you clues of how to get past these booby traps and stuff like that. Those are all awesome. Um another thing that maybe could be an alternate pathway when you first enter so that not every you know so that that one mm-hmm. little you know slummy street in London isn't packed with tens of thousands of people um when the park opens. Maybe there's other routes you can go through where because pretty much every game has sort of like a non-violent area. Usually it's a flashback or something. But um, I love in Uncharted 4 the uh, the toy gun part where you're like sneaking around and doing the gunplay, but it's just with like a little Nerf type gun. We could have areas like that where it's like this is more of a fun training area. You know, there's not like mercenaries and zombies and stuff around every corner. <laughs> right. You're just kind of playing around and learning sort of what where the boundaries are in the park. Um Again, shooting's okay. Punching is not that good. <laughs> Just other ways of reinforcing that. Um, uh-huh. Maybe with like a stealth only section where that way you can learn about the stealth. Because like you know, if if the alarm goes off, you're totally done for. There's no uh, continue or whatever. They just send you back to the beginning and like try to sneak through again to kind of have you focus on each of those little aspects. Um, and then if they need to te- teach you about how the the guns work in this park, which I'm assuming we're gonna have to have some sort of gun type game. We could have an area where, you know, a non-player character is driving the Jeep and you have to shoot all the bad guys. That could be a roller coaster. Like, you don't actually have to have a Jeep driving around the park. But um, that could be an experience of just focus on the shooting part. And then we could also have an area where it's just focus on the the climbing parkour type of part to kind of separate those skills. Because it would be a little overwhelming walking into a theme park where you're like, you know, I've only been to uh, regular traditional amusement parks where there's just roller coasters and cotton candy and stuff. Like, what? I have a gun. I'm supposed to climb on stuff and I'm like driving vehicles and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely because that was my big problem solving thing of why, like, why I wanted to do that. Like, have all the main parkour stuff like at the center, like in that center area. Mm-hmm. 
uh, so that you can avoid it entirely if you want, if you don't feel like, because also that's like a lot of people, if you go to a theme park, it's exhausting already when you're not doing that stuff. <laughs> that's totally true. <laughs> so, so this adds a whole new level of it. And also it's just like, if you've already gone through that part during the day and you don't want to go back through it again, then just walk around the, the edges. Uh, and yeah, I definitely like that and having it separated into depending on what you want to do, have a shooting ride and stuff like that or a shooting area. And also we could totally do, it would be cool to do like a, an adventurer's guild area is like the main opening part that you go into where it's just like this is this is even like it could be like part museum-y like sort of that like main street in in like Disneyland or something where it's just like here's here's the sort of district where we have our museums and our shops our curated like shops and uh, and here's if you go in this alley, that's actually one of my favorite things ever in uh, in uh, Diagon Alley is that you can find the like shady. It's actually hard to find the shady part of town like this off alley. Uh, and and that can be where you get your sort of like the 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 main quest and that could lead into the, the center part. But like, yeah, I like that idea of just doing an adventure version of Main Street. <laughs> Yeah, I like that a lot. And and maybe you can, you know, have a shop there and have restaurants there and stuff, but maybe there's some sort of like in-park currency where you can get additional equipment, you know, like if you want to get like the grappling hook that allows you to sort of cheat on some of the parkour parts or You know what? You know what that in-park currency is called? Money, baby. <laughs> Give us milking it from them. We're doing this Disney style all the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good <laughs> i like that uh, yeah actually what you just ma- mentioned i spurred a great idea is that the uh f- with restaurants in that opening area one of my favorite parts in uh uncharted 3 is the the cold open where they go yes. into this british pub and then get into a bar fight it would be so cool to have sort of like in a different you know a section where people can't go into almost like a dinner theater thing where there is like a scheduled bar fight every 30 minutes or something yeah and it spills over into the bathroom too because like that was one of those <laughs> yeah. those moments when you first see it you're like oh my god this is awesome <laughs> that's a great idea yeah so that could be like a mini stunt show inside of inside like a dinner theater stunt show could be super fun. That'd be awesome. I, I feel like we would just want to keep uh, the pool table out of the space where guests can go so that they don't start throwing pool balls at each other and uh, it doesn't actually break out into like a bar fight. You could technically like just have, you know, velvet ropes walling off the part where that would actually break out uh, and have it be part of the whole experience or even have like a you know it's a thing where you come in at sort of like the second story and almost like that haunted mansion thing where you're looking down at the ballroom where it's just like you're watching that that fight go down but yeah there's a lot of cool ways to do that but i love that idea of just like i love the idea of sort of scripted events like that where it's just like where it feels like a living world where especially like in the parkour area and this is it's it's hard to do scripted events where the reaction isn't immediately punching someone in the face (laughs) (laughs) that is true and that's something that i've sort of struggled with myself i feel like you have to make it like a stealth type section like you know the scripted event would be a truck full of bad guys pulls up and then you have to just hit the deck and hide somewhere oh that's great and then like laser tag them with your little you know you have like a a tranquilizer gun with a 
with like a laser scope on it so they can tell if they've been hit because the right, the employees right. who are paying, playing the bad guys oh, have like great. you know haptic vests on they can tell when they've been shot with a laser tag thing <laughs> um but yeah no yeah, punching no only shooting <laughs> again <laughs> keep it keep it clean kid. uh <laughs> yeah no i love uh like and I, I think an integral part of this park would be sort of the the NPCs, the cast members. Mm-hmm. Like I love the idea of just having not even necessarily specifically characters from the game, but have the whole place littered with like very much in character, almost like explorers guides and like shady people to point you in the right direction and like all these people who can kind of uh direct the narrative a bit more so like you could have in the in the parkour jungly area you could have like someone run out like out of a a cave and be like you know like almost a chase sequence where it's like come on they're after me i got the treasure and like you have to follow them like you know through this parkour area or something uh but like i i love that i i really think that having a ton of very committed and quick on their feet cast members is is the thing that will make this even remotely possible totally and and even if you just have that one guy that's his job the whole shift is to get people to run into this cave and in you know cover him while he's trying to diffuse the whatever um and then that crowd that group is finished with the experience so he runs back out and needs more help doing the same thing like that's still totally cool and more fun than just waiting in line to get on the cart that the other people just got off like like theme it a little bit more and I also really like in this game that there's never someone who's well there's some people who are truly evil but most people are a shade of gray and they're it's kind of the honor among thieves type thing where they're going to be somewhat straight with each other and like on the up and up about their illegal business dealings um there's always going to be like you know the really bad guy but I like the idea that there's not a truly perfect narrator or, you know, person you're working with. Like, anyone can double-cross you because they've all double-crossed each other in the past. Like, I like the idea of, of someone might join your party for a little bit and help you th- guide you through this one adventure. And then on another experience or another ride later on, you see them and they've double-crossed you and now, you know, you're stuck in the the cart that's going down into the lava or whatever. Like... You can have some emotional yeah, connections. Yeah, I love the idea of some of them double-crossing you. I think like, it'd be that really is, fun. That would be so fun. <laughs> uh, which actually, yeah, I just realized we don't have any actual rides in this theme park. Uh, yeah, there's... We've just figured out the the setting. <laughs> there's a lot of, of uh, action set pieces, I would say, in this series, and a lot of really action-packed cutscenes, um, which if you're not the kind of person who plays video games, you can still go watch all the cutscenes put together. You don't really miss much of the story, but it's basically a movie, yeah. Totally worth doing. Uh, so it, I think it helps that, like, a, another cool thing just about having those four, having the Eldorado, Shambhala, Aram, and uh, Libertalia, is that they also lend themselves to different sort of, like, like types of settings. So, like, Eldorado is a very much, like, thick of the jungle type of setting. Shambhala, Shambhala is, like, the Himalayas, like, snowy mountains. Uh, and then Aram is desert. And then Libertalia could be sort of, like, the water park type of area.
there's always like sort of an on-rails shooter type thing where you're on some sort of vehicle, like you're on a boat and you just have to defend the boat. Um, or the parts where you're, you know, in a, in the Jeep and you have to shoot somebody or you're being chased. You know, those parts where you're running towards the camera that seem to be in every game, those uh, Crash Bandicoot-esque things, those would be really fun experiences. Because there's a, a nice meaty Jeep section in the set, in the middle of Uncharted 4 uh, where it sort of starts out where it's like more chill and you're like going through this. It's almost like a it's almost well, it's like a safari ride at uh, at uh, Animal Kingdom. Uh, and 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 then it becomes this like chase through the city where there's and there's like a massive truck chasing you and stuff. And I love the idea, which it does to an extent at the safari ride where it becomes more of a scripted ride towards the end of it at Animal Kingdom. But I love the idea that it's just like you're on the truck or the Jeep and uh, we're going out for just a nice chill safari. Here are are the guns, but we won't need those. (laughs) (laughs) We have we're going to check out the dig site or something. And then and then like it escalates throughout where it's like, well, first uh, one thing that I would love to recreate in one of my favorite moments in uncharted four is you use the, uh, the wench to, to get up like muddy Hills and stuff. And there's one point where like the, the truck slides off a cliff and you're off the side of the cliff, like, uh, and you have to like drive up the cliff with the wench and it's like terrifying and I need to experience that in real life where there's like some some sort of on rails segment where your truck is like falling off of a cliff and you need to drive up the cliff would be so fun and so scary. Because those are kind of like roller coasters, but like with a real life vehicle, you know, if you could use the, the winch to get up the muddy hill, that's like ticking up the roller coaster. And then, you know, you unhook the winch and you go flying down a hill or whatever. Like, you could do it where it's just an automated on-rails Jeep going through all these crazy motions. Um, It'd be really fun. Like, to get into the engineering of the safari ride at Animal Kingdom, it's a Jeep that they have that they sort of artificially shake. And they do the same thing with, like, the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland and stuff, where it's one of those things where it's, like, it's not actually bumpy, but it is, like they the the vehicle itself is made to feel way more bumpier and like simulate these certain different things uh and you can even have it on a track and make it feel like it's driving on a on a dirt road or something and so i I like that idea a lot where it's sort of that scripted thing i would love nothing more than for at the end of that ride you're being like the car like is the jeep is backwards and going in reverse away from like the giant truck chasing you and you have to shoot it a ton and then it explodes or something. (laughs) That's so fun. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that'd make a great sequence. I would love that ride. There's another part. I think it's in a similar part of the fourth game where uh, there's a truck with like a, basically like a crane, like this arm with like a long tow cable type thing hanging down from it. And Drake is like hanging on that. As it goes over a bridge, yeah, so you're like, if you were in that, you know, hopefully we'd have a better harness or something than what he was using, but just imagine being pulled along by a truck where you're being suspended by an arm hanging over the water, and you're just like flying over the water, and maybe your feet are like dragging in the water, it'd be such a thrill, and then in the game, there's a part where a big boat starts coming up, and you have to climb up the rope really quick, which would be kind of a cool uh, attraction, although it'd have to be optional. Like, it would have to be safe, even if you didn't move an inch. But it'd be 
I would be so motivated to be like, oh my God, and you got to climb this rope really quick uh, so you don't smash into a boat. Yeah, I love those things where like it feels like uh, improvisation, but it's exactly what like the game wants you to do sort of moments where, and I think that, I think that Uncharted is the best at that, where it's like, especially the chase sequences where there really is only one path, but it feels like you're making these split second decisions to choose which way to go. And it's like designed in a way to where you are going exactly where you want, where they want you to go. Especially your first time through an area, you know, then maybe you die and you start back over and you're like, oh, I kind of had to go that way. (laughs) Because it feels so natural in the moment. Like the games are so well designed. I would love to kind of keep that that main mentality going forward, but it does have to be more of a kind of open world type experience for a lot of it. Although in the attractions, we can go more towards that path where you'll only be in this area once and we need you to go that way, but we need to design it in a way that that's where you're going to want to go anyway. I have a, I have a, a request and it is, well, here's the thing. So another downside of the first game that I'm not huge on is that three quarters of the way into it, it becomes a full-on terrifying zombie game. Yeah, it's a, a big swing. It's a big change. And it just becomes terrifying. And uh, and so I would like to just, like, I think it would be fun to do, like, a dark ride. Almost like there's the, like, Escape from Gringotts bank ride. Uh, but to do something like that where you're, because in that in that section of the game, you're in these sort of, like, I think it's just run down old like uh World War II bunkers or something like uh and so I I I would love to have like the option to have that scary dark ride with the zombies that are trying to eat you uh and it can be sort of like in a cart or like a mine car kind of thing mm-hmm. uh but but we'll we'll give the people what they want and do that but also screw you uncharted it was such a shock the first time playing that part though because it's like what this game is like so grounded in reality and like way more than most third person shooters i had ever played up to that point it's like now there are zombies like are you serious so i was learning all this stuff about history like in real life (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. well you don't remember the nazi zombies did not teach you that (laughs) They don't want you to know about that, man. <laughs> my favorite sequence from all of the games, and my favorite sequence in any game of all time, like halfway through Uncharted 2, there's a sequence where you get onto the back of a train, and it is this like 30-minute long sequence where you're just making your way towards the front of the train, and it's a whole combination of like you have the climbing puzzles with like being on the outside of the train, you have like the combat situations and some stealth in there, and you have like there's a part where you have to take down a whole like helicopter and stuff. And I think that would be I, I was trying to figure out a way to make it that like journey from the back of the train to the front. Uh but then it's like I want people, like, if it needs to be wheelchair accessible and stuff like that, or just, like, a slow pace. They have this ride at Islands of Adventure where it's, like, this, uh, it's called Poseidon's Fury, and it's, like, you're being taken through this tomb, which I think is, which is probably the most uncharted thing they have there. Uh, But also, it, like, kind of loses its luster a bit every time you move to another room, and it's, like, this like eight minute process of like everyone shuffling to the next room (laughs) it is so like it is not exactly action-packed but i do love the idea of making it sort of uh because the two sections of the harry potter park are in different parks uh and if you have the park hopper pass it is it pretty much acts as a train ticket to get on the hogwarts express 
to go to the other part of the Harry Potter park so that you don't break the immersion and you actually ride on the Hogwarts Express. Uh, but what they do is it looks like a window, but they have a screen, like a TV screen, and they project like your trip, like on the Hogwarts Express. Um, and like all these different events happen where it's like, oh, there's the flying car. And then they also have like people passing your car. Like they have these sort of frosted glass uh, uh, screens where it's like people walking past your your uh, your cabin. Uh, and it's all it's it's very cool. But it's also like just a very chill ride. Uh, I would love to do for the for the train sequence. I think it would be so cool to do pretty much that meets like star tours like a simulation ride where you are is is pretty much recreating the journey of going through the train but keeping it all in one car so it's just like it's like uh uh-oh the uh or it could be like we're going over a cliff and it like shifts a bit or something where the it turns and it looks like you're about to topple over the cliff the whole train car and it's like the helicopter is shooting you and it's making the whole thing vibrate and there's explosions and stuff and you have to like shoot back at the helicopter with like the the uh grenade launcher or something and just have it be like this like pretty much you're in a box like surrounded by screens and have it be that simulated train action sequence but but just like you know intense full throttle (laughs) harry potter (laughs) train ride i think that's awesome And I think the way you make it more handicap accessible would be to remove some of, I mean, there's not going to be physical bad guys there. Like that's the main obstacle for Nathan Drake is there's bad guys shooting at you. And in this, we could have, you know, uh, artificial bad guys, like virtual bad guys up on the little screen and you have to shoot the bad guy and then you can walk through the door. It would be so satisfying to see a, a virtual, like a guy on the screen hanging onto the side of the train car and then you like shoot and, and see him like fall off would be so satisfying. And you can also use that as a way of of adjusting how long it's taking each party to get through each train because we'd have probably, you know, a group of up to four people or whatever in each on each train car as as they go through and if there is a group that's taking longer you just throw in more bad guys for everybody who's in the train behind them um or if you're ready for someone to speed up it's just like the bad guy like you could do some kind of like slapstick type thing where they accidentally fall off or um the train goes into a tunnel and this guy was standing on top so he just gets knocked off like you can have kind of a button that's just like okay get rid of all the bad guys real quick like someone dropped the explosive barrel and uh, or yeah, just maybe normally there's an explosive barrel there that can blow up these three bad guys. But if you need to slow everyone down, just take the barrel out. And now they have to like actually beat all of those bad guys in a little shooting game. Um, I, I think that'd be so much fun. The train experience in that, in those games is, is a blast. It's, it's so much more fun than the GoldenEye 007 for N64 part, <laughs> which that was my favorite level was the train. I'm like, this is so cool. And then just seeing it in Uncharted, it's like, I I was so wrong about what was cool before this game. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love the idea of doing something with a train like that. And yeah. you could do that kind of, of experience in multiple different uh, locations and settings where it's like, this would be really dangerous to actually recreate. So we'll just do like, you know, sort of like a high tech 
uh, VR laser tag type of hybrid sort of thing. There's so much stuff you can do with technology now where it would be it would be so cool to have like integrated lighting in that train car to depending on the lighting on the screens and stuff. Wow. So it's like the the lights go dim whenever like simulate that natural lighting where it's like you go through a tunnel. Oh, it'd be so cool to have it be like pitch black when you go through a tunnel and then it's like and then you have to uh I don't know, even use like muzzle fire to light up and see where the enemies are on the outside or something like that would be so fun that's genius yeah the the guns have to have little lights on them which you could even like it doesn't even have to be an actual flashlight to avoid just like blinding other people but just (laughs) a sensor of where the gun is so that it creates a flashlight like lighting on the screens like yeah that would be so fun (laughs) i love it and it's just like a big video game that's awesome um yeah and you could do a similar kind of experience where there's that scene in the second game where there's like spiders crawling out from everywhere have that as a shooting thing because you can't recreate it but you could do it as a shooting gallery where it's like oh my god there's spiders crawling out of like every crack that was another thing that just ruined me oh i'm sure (laughs) after the zombies it's just like (laughs) the spider tidal waves was oof even with the uh, the kind of grimy uh, quest givers in this park, in this world, we'd have to have some universal signs of, like, this is a scary ride, no matter what that guy says, you know? Because the NPCs might be like, oh, come on, you can handle it, or whatever. Um, but we can have those universal things. Like, if the sign says there's a bathroom here, it's not really fair to just have them get whisked away on another adventure before they make it to the bathroom that kind of thing <laughs> yeah and i think and i think that's where it being a theme park still benefits us where it doesn't have to be totally immersive like you know harry potter still feels super immersive even though you're just waiting in a line through hogwarts which doesn't isn't how harry potter works and there's a bunch of signs and stuff but but they do all the signs in that harry potter like font and parchment style and so it's still immersive and doesn't totally take you out of it but like yeah still totally works uh which speaking of of lines i was trying to figure out how do we make this more like educational because the thing that i love about the games is that literally i they we have an amazing free art museum that has a ton of historical art and artifacts and stuff here in st louis uh and it's just like a few blocks away from me and uh and playing uncharted made me go out to that art museum and just like wanted to learn about all this stuff even more oh i love that and it was like it it's again any any way i could transition that in-game stuff to real life was such a joy for me and uh and one of my favorite probably my favorite line i mean some of the harry potter stuff is amazing especially hogwarts but one of my favorite lines for any for any ride uh, at Animal Kingdom, they have the Everest ride, which is super relevant to like the Shangri-La, the Shambhala part of this. I actually I like the line for Everest more, even more than Everest, uh, because you are going through this uh, Himalayan uh, Yeti museum. They recreate it so it all it feels like you're in the Himalayas and you're in this like sort of shack, like you're moving through these shacks and stuff. And it's this they have these display cases where they have they actually went to the Himalayas and got like actual uh like different antiques and stuff to display in this and they have all the plaques where it has all the information for each thing and it's like here's a cement like footprint uh of a supposed like yeti footprint and stuff like that uh but it was just like this sort of fun 
educational thing, which is such a good way to, I don't know why every line doesn't do this, because so much of it is so, like, mind-numbingly boring to wait in line for so long, and this actually made it fun. So I love that idea of, like, going through different, like, museums or, like, uh, like art collections and stuff like that and just anything to be to stay educational throughout it is is a must i think that's a a great idea like i I really love that experience going through the game where it's like there is really cool like art and history around us because yeah a lot of the like stealth sections you're going through like a museum or you know this big fancy house or whatever and there's like cool art and cool stuff to take in while you're on this other mission so we could just have art museums and, you know, fancy galleries and stuff, and you're just doing a, a stealth mission trying to sneak through there, or there's, like, a shootout with some bad guys in there or whatever. That's totally doable. And then we and then we sell the antiques to them and get that money, baby. <laughs> Rolling in it. I like that. Lots of uh, microtransactions, too. It's like, oh, you're out of bullets? Um, we, can, we got an ammo dealer. There's an arms dealer, like, at the end of every uh... ride. This this feels like the most true to life thing where make the coolest park possible and then just nickel and dime everyone to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll have to save up for five years to come back to this place. <laughs> Another massive part, and probably the most iconic part out of uh, Uncharted 3, is the uh, going out of the back of the cargo plane yes. and then being stranded in the desert. Uh, and it would be so cool to have that opening hill, the top of it, be... Or you don't even have to like go up the hill. It could be one of those things where you start at the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. But have that opening hill be you going out of the back of the cargo plane. <laughs> For the roller coaster, it could be in inside of a plane. Like I'm like, that's maybe the best oh, vehicle because yeah. it can do corkscrews and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then you could also have a part where they're the car that they're in slides out the back of the plane. Like that would be fantastic. Yeah, I would love to simulate that. The main roller coaster ish experiences I'd want to do are either in a vehicle, like within the universe, or there's a lot of really cool stunt type moments that we wouldn't actually want our park guests to go through, but like. The part where the the um, skyscraper is like falling over, and so it's basically just like a forty five degree angle slide where you're sliding down and you're like shooting bad guys and all kinds of crazy stuff is going by. Like it could just be in a perpetual state like that, you know. Like maybe within canon, um, you're like in a small room as the action's happening and you hear like explosions and stuff, and the building is starting to tilt over. The room that you're in starts to tilt down, and then like you know the door just swings open and then there's like this big room that so basically just the small room where you start out is the only one that actually rotates the big room is already just a big you know slide with with things set up for you to shoot and that are shooting at you like that'd be so much fun and it's not really a roller coaster but just as like a thrill ride or there's like the part where the um there's like a cruise ship that's like sinking underwater there's all these crazy moments of of action that'd be so fun just like as basically a giant slide <laughs> This is my idea for the like a water park like like a rapids ride is pretty much have a rapids ride like pretty much be an escape raft through the cruise ship because there there is an amazing amazing sequence in Uncharted Three is uh, 
is the section where it's this whole level that you're going through a cruise ship and then halfway through the level the cruise ship like gets a massive hole in it and starts sinking and then suddenly the level is like on its side or upside down and it's like you're going back through the same level but it's like just totally flipped over and it would be so cool to do like a sort of rapids ride through the cruise ship and have that like weird effect of like you're in this room and the room the massive room like starts spinning around you on like a gimbal sort of thing (laughs) and simulate that and like oh my gosh what would be amazing is because one of the craziest parts in it is is the uh and obviously do this with a massive screen or something but there's the part where there's the massive window uh in the like the main room of the cruise ship and it's just like just nothing seeing that massive window and nothing but water and then seeing like the cracks in it and you're like right beside it <laughs> would be so terrifying yeah totally and like that could be a thing where you're like sliding past it as that's happening on the screen and then as soon as it's out of sight you hear this huge like crash and you hear all this water rushing yeah and that's where you get like the big hill <laughs> right exactly then you're out of sight and you can't see it anymore but you know it's behind you <laughs> oh how immersive would that be that was one of those things where playing it again i was just like i have no idea how they possibly did this on the ps3 it is right? the most impressive thing it's amazing uh, and the whole series is just written so so well, and it's like yes, you connect with the characters on like a human level, and then this huge, amazing like stunt show happens, and you're a part of it. It's like I what I'm just a normal guy. Like this is so cool. <laughs> oh I man, love it. um, I have a few things on like a sort of smaller scale on that more human, uh, yeah, relatable yeah. part. Something I really like about this this series is that there's always like backstory that you don't know about as the player where it's like oh Mm -hmm. remember that one time in this city on you know some exotic location it'd be really interesting for if a part guest wants to be more like role-playing maybe they there's like certain pins that you can get or you know it's it's of course a premium option i guess (laughs) of course but like where you can develop your backstory like either through your past visits at the park um, where those NPCs will start calling you out and be like, hey, aren't you the guy who you know ro- robbed that museum of this piece or whatever? Because they see that you have this pin that means, hey, I'm in on it. I did choose to make this you know decision. Or if it's your first time at the park, you just buy those pins to tell your own you know story of, of your adventuresome past. So then throughout the day, people will recognize you like, oh, remember I, we met at that bar in Tahiti and then we, you know, went on this adventure or whatever oh i love i think that. that'd be so much fun is like just a simple little role-playing thing but it fits in with the world really really well that would be a great uh reward for completing those puzzles is that it just changes your interactions with different people after that that is really cool you could also have those for you know who's double crossed you and who you've worked with in the past and who do you owe money to? Like all of this kind of story stuff can develop around you and your choices that you make and what attractions you go on and having like a bunch of almost like factions. Like I don't really like that word necessarily. It's a little simplified, but having a nuanced story involved based based on which individuals you choose to trust. Cause it's not like you're signing up with a guild and you're going to go, you know, be a whatever. It's like, you're just kind of a guy trying to make it in this, you know, dog eat dog type of world um, where each decision you're becoming more friends with somebody and making an enemy out of somebody else. And it's like a complicated web that you're weaving. So I think it'd be really fun to, to reference that, that idea of choice. Like one of my favorite things in Skyrim is, uh, is one of the earliest missions you 
like someone gives you a fake love letter written by like the guy he's competing against for this for this girl and he's like give the girl this love letter say it's written by this guy and it's like this thing that'll make her hate the other guy but instead you have the option instead of give it you can give it to the girl or you can go to the other guy and say hey this dude wanted me to like pretty much stab you in the back what do you want me to do about it (laughs) and so the idea of like having one npc be like hey go screw over this person and giving you the option to actually like screw over that person or go tell the person and then you get back at the original person and like choosing sides like that would be so fun yeah that's really (laughs) cool having having just some like light role-playing elements once in a while um and when i was talking about like having the little pins or like some sort of visual indicator like you know if you wear this kind of of handkerchief or whatever it means that you can speak Spanish or whatever. So then that allows you to uncover more clues that someone who exclusively speaks and reads English have, would have no chance of solving. Like, it'd be kind of cool if, you know, that guy runs out of the cave and he's looking for someone with the purple bandana on and he's like, I you know, I need your help. They're, they're after me or whatever. Or maybe he says it in Spanish. And so if you're, you're with a party of, like, three friends, you're like, they're like, whoa, what, what's he saying? You're like, they instantly rely on you as, like, the translator. And I, I just think it'd be so cool because it's so impressive to me in the games, although they're fictional characters, you know, the languages and the history and all the complexities that these characters just totally are, they know and they're total nerds about. So giving some of that, like, allowing those skills that the actual guests have to shine is, is something that I would really love to uh, to see happen. Yeah. Honestly, like you can you could take out the rides in this whole park and this would still be the <laughs> coolest experience in the world. Yes. I love it. Wow, that's a really good point. <laughs> <It'd be so laughs> fun. Uh this is another thing I was kind of thinking for for with um the party, like you have a group of people you're with cuz this dramatic effect seems to happen a lot where not only are you separated, but like you just saw that guy get shot and then now you're separated from him. You're like, Oh my God, that guy's, you know, dead for sure. Yeah. And then at the end of the ride, you're reunited. Like, Oh, you know, I got in trouble with this guy, but you know, this other guy snuck me out or whatever. Like you each have your own stories all of a sudden, you know, you, you enter as one group and you exit as one group, but in the middle you went through separate stories and like, there's so much cool stuff you can do with story regardless of the attractions if you design them well, which yeah. is something that the Uncharted series is really good at. Which, by the way, I feel like it goes it goes without saying, but, like, absolutely do some just straight-up escape rooms, like tombs yeah. and stuff. Oh, totally. Like, I feel like that could be the main attraction. Because doing parkour all day, you're going to get exhausted, and uh, you're mm-hmm. going to want to go and get some air conditioning. So go climb yeah, in the tomb yeah. again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's got to be another crypt somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, and also, like, obviously, like, we still get to, with restaurants and stuff in the different in the different lands, I feel like it's... Uh, you know, there's plenty of just having the different uh, delicacies of the different cultures and stuff is is easy enough and would be very cool. So it's like it's like an adventure Epcot in in a way, but like but still fantasy enough to where it's not offensive to anyone, right? And in a way that makes <laughs> makes more sense too. I mean, it's not like Epcot is like trying to be immersive where it's like you're traveling you know you're you're the flash and you're traveling throughout the world in the blink of an eye it's like no it's just a bunch of it's like a food court but each restaurant's a different place epcot um, as a food court is the most accurate thing i've it's ever kinda heard mean, in my but, life but uh, yeah. it is it is so spot on <laughs> Uh, 
I had another idea for an attraction, although this could maybe just be like a VR game or like a mini game in the next Uncharted game. But uh, a part I always thought was really cool is when you're sort of doing like the Ocean's Eleven kind of thing where they're they're planning out how are we going to get into this place and steal this item. And then they have to like sneak in and get past the guards and watch out for like the spotlights and all this stuff. Basically orchestrating a big plan and then going and executing it is is really fun for me and it'd be really cool as like a multiplayer thing where there's a team of invaders and then like a team of defenders where you're maybe the one who's choosing where each of the security guards are going to go or where you're going to have the turret or you know you're defending you're making like a little uh almost like uh one of those games called uh like defend the tower yeah tower Tower defense defense, games yeah. yeah um almost like that but in the uncharted series because you know you're having this big gala or whatever at your your mansion and you need to like make sure security's on point and then maybe each of your team members is like a security person so you're like standing over here with a sniper rifle and that guy's you know i don't know whatever else uh-huh. um because again we can't punch each other but we can shoot each other <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> it'd be just so fun to uh, try to outsmart this other team of people who have designed this big obstacle course basically with with you know real guards walking around and stuff and you have to try to stealth your way in there and, and out with them and I think it'd be so much fun to do. Yeah, yeah, and I, and that plays in perfectly to the whole like underbelly of London, and then like the museum areas and stuff. You could just mm-hmm. have it be like the top floor of one of the museums or something, where it's just like, yeah, you're, someone's setting up the defenses and someone's planning their heist. Would be super fun. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. And that's one that's like doesn't require all this physically demanding stuff. Um, so we got yeah, escape rooms. We've got that kind of setting up security forces hopefully some more games like that and there's definitely the role-playing stuff that you could do without getting too physical i also think just exploring this world would be really cool and you know uncovering the u-boat out in the the forest and like all these crazy things or kind of like the the city museum seeing you know just a crashed airplane up in a tree and then climbing up there and exploring it like that stuff is so much fun i i also i really like the idea of like Let's say if that middle area is more of a bowl shaped where it's like you're you're moving down into it at the center and then maybe there can be a tower at the top. Uh, but the idea of like having a different sort of like visual set piece from each of the games to be your your sort of distant tower guide to which part of the park you want to go to. So it's like if you want to go to the if you want to go to the Shambhala part, oh I can see the uh, I can see the train I have to the train car dangling that I have to climb up from here. Or like for the for the uh, El Dorado part, there's like there's the U boat at the top of the waterfall over there, like the 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 wow. sort of yeah the Nazi U boat over there, and just have those different and like over on over for uh, for. Uh, around with the pillars have like the the crashed cargo plane and yeah and then uh, of course a, a big old pirate ship for the uh libertalia area and have that be like your your if you if you're ever lost just keep an eye out for those those uh different points and you can sort of figure out where to go from there that's so cool man on the the libertalia part i think it'd be cool to uh recreate the um like wave runner part where i think elena's driving the little wave runner thing and you're like on the back shooting 
like basically just different setups for laser tag is, is what I'm really finding about myself doing this show is like, I want every kind of laser tag, laser tag on a slide, laser tag on wave runners. Like, well, the nice thing about, nice thing about that then is you don't have to do laser tag. You can just do water guns for everything. In my mind, Libertalia would be great for just more of like an open, uh, sandboxy type of like, uh, water park where it's just like you're going through these like old uh these old pirate ships and it's like you you can everything is like a squirt gun like the the cannons shoot out water and stuff like that oh that's Uh, so fun let's say there are two ships and you can even sort of have battles across the ships uh with water cannons and stuff would be super fun i like that a lot as as like this is kind of the area where it's okay if people are wearing swimsuits and and then at the end of that, just go go land over and hang out in the desert and, right, and dry off. And dry off. <laughs> I do really like the a lot of the boat action, like the boat platforming almost that happens throughout the series. Oh yeah, some of my favorite stuff: jumping from one boat to another boat, or into the water and climbing out. And so it's a fun playground. It's funny that in four, the things that always stick out to me are just the more like chill and character focused stuff. Like I love the, uh, I love the opening where he's in his apartment, and I love going through the the old woman's uh, like house at night was a really cool sequence. And like those, and I loved the the parts where you're just on a boat and like going around these islands and just discovering cool stuff. And so yeah, I like I like the idea of like that's that's the nice part of having the uh thing where you can just instead of going into the the center of it just walk around and have that sort of chill discover cool things uh version of the park experience it needs to be a balance and yeah giving people freedom to to season their flavor however they want to is is really awesome because that is part of the game is like those those quiet moments are what allow you to love the character and appreciate the beauty of everything and then you know the action highlights that like the punctuates it almost you don't want to have all punctuation or all words you got to have a nice blend so i think that's awesome which is which is why you have the those nice puzzles to slow everything down and stuff and take a breather Just to just to avoid that, like everyone shuffling from room to room experience that slows everything down. I like the idea of it being in like sort of four person groups or something. But I would love to do so. There's Tenzin, the Sherpa that that helps Nathan through the the mountains. I would love to do just like a a walking like almost like a haunted house format thing where you're walking through this area and like different events happen but like less way less scary <laughs> i would love the i love the idea of like having your having your sherpa and then like see like getting to the entrance of this cave and it's like gorgeous glass stuff and then it's like uh-oh there's wolves over here and uh-oh there's yetis and stuff like that and then even like a, a sort of escape sequence towards the end where it's like uh because there's there's a really cool sequence where the uh, a tank is attacking like the Himalayan village uh, <laughs> yes. in the second one and i love the idea of like uh of the the tank is attacking and then the yetis are attacking the tank sort of thing like all this stuff happening around you but you don't necessarily like the whole thing is just to survive and get get through there but also just that that being 
being hounded by that tank over and over and stuff was so fun. But I, I, I really want that cool, like, Sherpa going through the Himalayas experience in there. Uh, and then Haley's, Haley's uh, suggestion is have it very refrigerated, <laughs> like have it actually be cold. <laughs> Where you can see your breath and... Oh, oh that'd man. be fun. That would be really yeah. cool. And, and I like the idea of maybe when you talk to Tenzin, he's got like the peaceful tour and then there's like the action packed, oh, right. you're shooting Yetis and you know, <laughs> yeah. doing a bunch of action stuff. Like you can kind of, maybe based on what color clothing you're wearing or whatever, you know, you've got this kind of hat. That means you're a really big into like swashbuckling and parkour. That color hat means you just want to check out the sites and have a chill time. Um, I think that's amazing. And on your other point, I like a lot of the parts in this game. There's all these sort of factions fighting against each other, and you're just kind of caught in the middle, and it's like you're almost meaningless a lot of the times. Like, Lazarvich is about to just kill you, and then, you know, all those, like, uh, Shambhalian uh, guardians come out of nowhere and start fighting him because they see him as a threat. They don't even know you're there. Like, I just really like that that the party is kind of just insignificant almost where they're just tossed aside in the middle of this big shuffle. So it's a way you can get out of either awkward moments where it's like, okay, you're at the end of this ride and there's this part where we can't figure out how to get you back to the theme park without it feeling weird. Just like, Oh, just throw in some, some monsters there and like they have to run away or like it's, it's a good way of getting people out of sticky situations. It's like, Oh, another bad guy comes and fights that bad guy. So you can just run away. I've always I love that in I love that in like media. I love that in games. I love that in everything where it's just like it's there are two sides and the main person is not on either side and they're just stuck in the middle of this action just trying to survive it. I feel like that's such a that's such a good part that doesn't actually require any sort of agency on the uh, on the person's uh, behalf. Like it, it's just like yeah, you can throw anyone into that situation and they can just waltz on through it, but it will still be the same. Like it won't derail it or anything. And so it's a lot more. It's a safer way to do that kind of stuff while still feeling super action packed. It's a cool storytelling thing too, where it makes you feel like less important in a way. Like I don't feel like the chosen one, but then at the end of the day, you are the chosen one. But they can at least make you feel normal at certain parts or insignificant. Um, I think maybe my my last really cool thing that I would be really excited about personally, again on the kind of relics and the journal thing, I love that a lot of the pictures in here are are pretty clearly drawn by Nathan Drake, like drawn by the character. As he's going through this adventure, you know, in his downtimes, because you never see them go to the bathroom or like eat dinner, but I'm sure they did all that. Um, and that's when he got his good sketching in. Anyway, it'd be cool as an option as you're leaving the park, you can exit through the gift shop and buy your own personalized journal that is kind of only the things that you used throughout the day. Because, oh, yeah. You know, maybe you, you don't get to keep all of the, the relics and all the clues you get to that you used to solve the puzzles. But you're going to have a sketch of it in your sketchbook if you buy it on your way out. And there's certain things you can just tape in there because in the it's a lot of like found like items. Like type thing. Yeah, yeah, and like etchings. and So maybe you can buy it and fill it out yourself. But then as you're, you're leaving or whatever, or maybe if you go to the restaurant, you can turn in your journal and they will update it with by printing all these cool sketches in your notebook or... That'd be like the the equivalent of like the building your lightsaber, but building your notebook at the end. If if we did the thing where it's like your main goal is trying to you know meet Nathan in this tower or something, once you have enough you know puzzles solved, uh, a thing he could do that's like the equivalent of the uh, of getting an autograph from a character is him doing like a specific sketch. 
oh. in your notebook. Whoa. So it's basically like the guy who would normally just be a caricature artist at a theme park is like actually <laughs> drawing legitimately cool. Yeah, it's just like have the teach teach the guy who's playing Nathan Drake to do one sketch like really well and really fast and he just does it in everyone's book. That would be rad. It's awesome. And it doesn't all have to be Nathan Drake either. I know he's the main character and he's really right, cool, right. but there's a lot of other cool characters who could serve a similar purpose and they can draw their own picture. <laughs> I think I think that's awesome. I love this theme park. Well, that was so much fun, man. Thank you for being on. This is actually the the first episode after the three-year anniversary of the show. So it's kind hey, of the anniversary episode. Well, thank you. Thanks for being on. Uh, hopefully it's a good fourth year. Starting off strong <laughs> with the uh, Uncharted one. Man, what a cool game and what a cool theme park. And what a cool guest. If the audience liked you, uh, how might they find more about you? Uh, go check out Make Stuff on YouTube. I think you can just go youtube.com slash makestuffstudios. Uh, and also, uh, speaking of podcasts, I started doing uh, one called Horns and Wings, and it's we're going through the comic book uh, saga issue by issue, which is a, a fun time. So go check out Horns and Wings. And that's that's about it. That's the gist of it. Cool. I would say saga would be good for fans of Uncharted and vice versa. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. all these big pieces moving around trying to like <laughs> scramble around these these little tiny chosen few who are kind of stuck in between what an amazing series too so well written so funny and likable but also huge action like it's a lot like uncharted really but but sci-fi and really indie and uh yeah a little bit more um pg-13 or actually pgx maybe <laughs> yeah oh man there's so many good splash pages that will just shock you oh, <laughs> reading through that series <laughs> uh anyway uh so that was it um thanks for being on man that was that was seriously fun this is i think this is my favorite one we've done yet